everyone. It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody. It is summertime in Arizona, but that doesn't mean you don't drink wine. There's all kinds of good wines to enjoy during the summer, and that means we're going to be chatting with Peggy Fiendaka today. It is the first Wednesday of the month, and that means it is wine time with Peggy. Peggy and her husband, Kurt, own and run LDV Winery in Arizona. The vineyard is in the Chiricahua foothills in southeast Arizona, kind of southeast of Tucson. And then their winery tasting room is in Scottsdale, and it's air-conditioned. Right, Peggy? Welcome back. Uh, How are you? Absolutely. Yes, you need the air conditioning now. It is, it's, it's gotten warm out there. I have I love following you guys on social media, but it makes me homesick. And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, if we were there, we would be hanging out at Peggy's all the time. Absolutely. Um, it looks, you've been having all kinds of events at the at the tasting room. Um, you've been doing the aromatherapy classes. You can pronounce that um, better than I can. Yeah. Uh, the Vin, the Vin, the blah, blah. Lanez, Lanez de Vin. Yeah, that's a the yep. <laughs> the art of the nose. <laughs> the art of the nose. It seems like you've been doing a lot. And then, am I right? You released some more new wines for us to all enjoy. Yeah, not quite yet. We're bottling and hopefully we'll be releasing our 2018 reds. But we did. Yes, we did do a new white. It's yeah. called Rhyolite White. Uh, oh, that's it. That was the one. Ooh, Rhyolite. Yes, Ooh. because that's obviously the rock the granite that came out of the Chiricahua mountains and that are peppered all through our vineyard. And so the rhyolite white really picks up that minerality from that um, granite. It's awesome. That's my favorite kind of white wine. It's got that minerality in it. That's like, it's just so smooth. And it's like, you feel like you're part of mother nature. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like that, right? Exactly. It's a good connection to Mother Nature. Absolutely. So how is the vineyard? I mean, it's so interesting every month we, you know, we want to hear what's going on in the vineyard because, you know, you had like a crazy winter, then here comes spring. And then you talked about bud break and then start of Eurasian. Where are we now? I mean, it's because you even said in a note, it's like time it's starting to look towards harvest. I'm like, how could that be? Are we? I know. Yeah, we're well, we're, you know, we're heading heading there. And it's an exciting time because, you know, it's a busy time, too, because we have to get prepared. So we're preparing the winery to be able to bring in the grapes and have plenty of room. So that's why we have to get this last bit of um, bottling uh, and labeling done so we can pack those wines away for a little bit so we can harvest. But um, in the vineyard, I mean vines grow like weeds they grow like crazy and and you know I think I talked last month potentially about we do um, analysis of the vines health so we do these petiole samples uh, and so we we did we do that four times a year usually three to four times a year but we did that in June and that has told us what nutrients we need to add to the vineyard. And so we did do the nutrients that we were able to add through the um, irrigation system. So now we're adding, we're spraying because some nutrients like phosphorus or, or um, copper, 
Sometimes um, it's better to, to spray those nutrients onto the vines because they have the, le the leaves absorb them better. And then other nutrients um, are better to go to the roots and, and go. Oh. So we've, we've done the roots. Now we're, we're going to be doing um, the spraying of the nutrients in the next uh, week or so. And so it's, it's a vitamin we, shot for it's everybody. A Absolutely. It's a but they don't shot. feel like they're having to do the B12 <laughs> bend over. Right. Exactly. But Nobody you know, those, those vines have been just pushing, pushing, pushing energy from the, the roots up those vines to all of the shoots and, and starting to produce clusters it takes a lot out of them. And uh, so we're also continuing to do shoot thinning and uh, making, mm um uh training the vines up to the third level of wires so that we create that canopy remember we've talked many mm -hmm. times about creating that canopy which is so important. breathability yeah and, and the breathability uh within the, letting that airflow go uh within the the vines but also protecting that canopy protects the vines at our high altitude the intensity of the sun, not so much the heat of the sun, but the intensity of the sun can um, sunburn the grapes. And of course, color comes from the grape skins. So we want to protect them as long as we can. So it's just a lot of handwork in the vineyard. So that's amazing. Like when you think how much goes into this, it's not just like, oh, we'll just go get some grapes and stomp on them and squish it out and no, you know, at no. East and off we go. There's so much work to producing these amazing bottles of wine. And summer to me has got to be just just as rough as, you know, winter. I don't know. Is there ever like a time where you just don't like you can breathe? Well, winter is, you know, when yeah. the vineyard goes yeah. dormant, at least we don't have to deal with the vineyard. But then we're, you know, we're working the, the wine that's in the winery. And, and so there, it's a different kind of work. And usually it's not as time sensitive mm. work. So we could take a vacation if we ever do, but it, it would Ooh. be in, in the winter time or it would be in. Yeah, you, you could know. come on a road trip with Nancy. Yeah, now. exactly. Come on. <laughs> or early spring, we can probably get away, but not this time of year too much. yeah it's it's hard because everything's growing and it's doing its thing and at the same time you've got monsoon rains to start looking at have you had Correct. any yet well monsoon season has officially started and uh no we've i mean we've had some rain we've had you know how the monsoon the the clouds just start bubbling up it's a certain kind of cloud it's very distinctive so we've we've seen some of that in, in uh, the mountains but the humidity is so low still you know the humidity usually uh, comes up a bit during monsoon so no we're not quite there yet it is hot at the vineyard I'm not there today but it's it was 101 there which is unusual because we usually don't get above 100 at the vineyard mm -hmm. but it was 101 yesterday and that's warm yeah. for the the field workers you know out yeah. there for eight hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that Tucson was like 110. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And same with Phoenix where I am. It was 110 already um, oh. this week. So it's it's warm here. So air valley. conditioning at the winery. This is some, it's a good time to remember to drink water in between your sips of wine. 
Of course, because you don't want to get dehydrated. Absolutely. Right. You know, so we are, um, this is July. So we are four weeks um, out. So by the end of July, we'll be Verasian, which is such a beautiful time, I think, in the vineyard. It's all that sugar is starting to develop in the in the actual grape clusters and the clusters, particularly the red and the white, but the red, you really notice the change in color from, you know, the uh, lighter, um, you know, burgundy color to really start to change. It's awesome. Do you guys get excited when you see the fruit, like the first fruit, the first grape? Oh, gosh, yes. We still, I mean, we've been at this over 15 years, but I get excited every time, you know, um, when you, you just see- can't take it for granted because this is no. what's going, you're working with mother nature who can, you know, be really kind and then go, sorry, I have to do this to you because I have to fix this over here. Well, and, and, and our grapes are like gold to us. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, our vineyard is the most, in my opinion, the most important part of our process. So, mm-hmm. If we take really good care about of those um, of those every one of those vines, and they get a lot of our attention. So yeah, it's exciting to see how they grow and develop, and and you see how the different leaves are from you know our Syrah versus our Grenache, and all the changes that occur. Um, mm. It's pretty exciting. I think to me, it, it is still. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited yeah. for you guys. And we, we still can't wait. We're like, we got to come west. We got to go home. We got to go right. see Peggy. Got to go to the vineyard. And I don't care what time of year. I don't care if they're no. storming. I still exactly. want to go. We still exactly. have to go. But so what's happening in the actual tasting room? Should people know about for summer? Do you have more events coming up? I saw something about music. Was am I what what's going on? We don't have music because uh, our place is a little bit too small to have live music. Oh my gosh, would I love to? Um, but it's a little bit too small. But we do have supper club. So once a month we have the winemaker supper club, and it's uh, it's limited to only twenty people. And we we oh. have it. We work with this wonderful caterer that pairs our wines perfectly, and so it's a four or five course um, incredible meal at the tasting room and we just have a lot of fun and we talk wine and drink a lot of wine and have a lot of laughs. I call it the supper club because you know I'm Italian and every supper is really important and I'm from the Midwest and supper is when you sit around the table with family and friends and just talk about absolutely anything and uh, usually a bottle of wine is always on the table. So I think it's well, I, I what I learned from psychologists that were on our show is a husband and wife team. They said that you have to have whenever they have their husband and wife meeting so that one was an attorney and one was a psychologist. And wow. she's been on every TV show to, you know, known to man on that. They have a cocktail or wine because if you're sipping, you can't argue back. <laughs> so you have to take a sip. <laughs> I, and listen, I, I, and it's hard for Italians because, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I mean that in the best way. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're exactly right. And <laughs> I, I am the quiet one. I was always the more reserved one in my wow. family. My family is a true, and I, 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 
were Italian and Irish, and so I got all the Irish Ooh. looks, the light skin and the light hair and everything else. But, but you're the party planner. See, that's the thing. You're the I hostess don't. with the mostest. Because, I mean, <laughs> on the shows, I mean, we haven't been to one of your parties, but I want to go because you know everything about food, entertaining. And, I'll, you know, it's so funny because it still sits in my brain about so many things. You always go don't tell someone if you missed something or forgot something for the dinner party. And I swear once in a while, like Nancy's like, remember what Becky says, you need to learn this now. I'm like, I get it. I, you sit, you sit in the back of my head at, and certain things I'm like, I Oh, I it. meant to tell, I meant to do this. I'm going to tell Nancy's like, remember what Peggy says. It applies to so many things. I <laughs> Not love just dinner it. Parties. Isn't it, it does. true though? We, we it tend does. to, and people look at you like, why are you telling me this? Like, why, why did you ruin what was always already perfect good yeah yeah it's it's funny how we do that and so that that is a piece of advice that i think i'll always remember you for. i love that that it's is like, awesome don't, don't don't ever tell people when you forgot something yeah you know yeah, just you drink the to, wine you know what I mean? just drink more wine it's yes, not a big wine so summer <laughs> i know it's really warm now so you know go to the tasting room have tasting so we we're doing definitely lighter right. wines right now i know yes. we are in kansas city where yes. we are today Woo. yeah yeah, I uh, I think you find your favorite pool pounders, I call them, you know, the mm -hmm. kind of wines that you can have a little chill on them and they're perfect for sitting out on the patio or, um, you know, enjoying the the outdoors or floating in the pool. So mm -hmm. our um, vignette is just perfect for that. We have this wonderful rosé of Grenache. But there's so many beautiful rosés out there that you can uh, chill and, and mm. they're perfect for summer days or even a light red. You know, don't don't shy away from red. Pinot Noir can actually do it. Oh, had, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, quite frankly, at the end of the day, I will take a Malbec or a Syrah or a good cab right. at the end of the day. I really I you're not going to take the red away from me. I don't right. care. I don't care if it's 200 degrees there's air conditioning, there's pools, there's, you know, you can do it. I do have a question for you because I know we're going to talk about storing wine and aging wine. Right. Um, and we're going to talk about must. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. That musty smell could be good <laughs> or not. Right. Um, but I do want to ask you this about pool pounding and uh -huh. drinking wine by the pool. So a lot of times you don't want to have glassware at a pool. Right. What do we do at this point? I number one, no styrofoam cups. Not with Peggy's no. wine. I will come after you. Right. But but where can we go? Where like, I saw Diane Keaton drink red wine in ice on Ellen. It was a oh, reel that came goodness. up on Facebook, and I went, "Don't show Peggy. Don't show <laughs> Peggy." But that's how she enjoys it. So so be it. You know what I mean? So Honestly. Be it. So but be it. But what what can we use that? is i mean because you really don't want broken glass right. in a pool area right. so what would right. what would you say what should we do they have these wonderful acrylic wine glasses and mm. um the key to if you go like with an acrylic wine glass make sure that the lip uh, that you're drinking from is not really thick you know a lot of those oh. cheaper outdoor glasses are really thick. They're like that margarita style that they kind of do for margarita and wine and correct. No. But I've mm. seen some very nice acrylic wine glasses that you can um, do outdoors. And again, I would do an actual wine glass instead of the stemless, only because 
you're going to you're fighting the heat too so when you do that glass that doesn't have a stem and you're holding it like that you're warming your wine even quicker so i say get a stem get an acrylic one check the lip make sure it has a nice bowl on it so that you're enjoying the wine and if you have to put ice in it um go ahead and do that go in and do it but drink it fast so you don't water down your yeah you don't want to water it down but some people you know it is really to me I always believe do what you want to do you live once and if that's how you enjoy it do it but like once in a while just start trying without it because once once you realize you get that full I want the full body I'm sorry I'd rather have you get one of those coolers that floats you know, you put uh, and you're floating in the pool or whatever, let that cooler float next to you and put your glass of wine and bottle of wine in that and that floating cooler. I'd rather have you do that than ice. (laughs) Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, yeah, you know, we just, you know, you know, we travel with our wine, you know, and it's always a, it's, we put it in uh, those baggies, you know, because Uh you do not want glass as we travel and and we sneak it around. So, um, right. Yeah. You know how we are, but it is about having ice on the outside, not on the inside. And right. we've really just learned this balance. And I know we talked about this before of like one ice bag, not the big blue things. This one of those, it's almost like a little silicone, little. Oh, mushy. yeah, sure. I know That's what, what you would about. use for first aid more than you yeah. would like for like freezing food. Right. So it's gentle on the wine. And so if you put it, I know the baggie's not preferential. I know, but it's temporary, Peggy. It's okay. only for a few hours. Yeah, right? It goes from okay. the bottle into that and then, and it's sealed. You can, you know, store it for 30 days, but that doesn't happen. And so it actually is just gentle. So I feel yeah. like some shocking, I don't want to shock the wine. Right. That is, and that's, we're going to talk about age-worthy wines. Yeah. You know, how you treat your wine is so important. Not only when you're going to be drinking it, you're traveling with it, um, or you're storing it. It's all... You need to take care with it. Unless you're just buying wine to drink that day, um, go for it. You know, it doesn't really matter. I remember once um, years ago when we started the magazine and I was in somewhere in San Diego County and a I did some work with a winery. And next thing you know, of course, I walk out with a case of wine. And this is I was probably in my late 20s. I had no clue other than I loved wine, but I had no idea about wine. And I went to see a client of mine and she owns a dress shop. <laughs> I know exactly where it was. She goes, you just went to this winery. What's in your car? Did you buy wine? And I said, yeah, I have a case of I'm surprising Nancy. She goes, go get that wine out of your car now. Right. And I'm right. like, but, but she goes, bring it in here. Because her family is Italian wine people. Go right. figure. Anyway, she goes, don't you dare leave wine in a hot car. It's oh, like leaving gosh. your baby or your pets in the car. You do not ever leave wine in a hot car. She goes, if you go to a winery, go back and pick it up or you've got to do something. And she says, don't how. And she got mad at me because it was standing upright in the sun in the back. Oh, no, boy. you put it on the side. She man, did I she just. She saved the wine. Yeah, she did. She Thank really you, did. Yeah. yeah. So 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 explain this this because it was dramatic. It is. It is. Temperature swings are are so bad for wines. You know, uh, we've talked about consistency in how you uh, um, how you handle your wine. So t- stable 
proper temperature is very important, even for a short amount of time. That's why we don't ship wine in the summertime. Mm. Um, Cause I, I don't know how long it's going to be on that truck. I don't know if that truck is air conditioning, air conditioning. I don't know how long it's going to sit at the, the UPS waiting to be uh, shipped. So we only do overnight in the summertime, but so you can get your wine, but it's an overnight. Um, and I can somewhat guarantee that it's going to arrive um, safely. But yeah, the temperature is the most critical. So when you're thinking about uh, what's the proper temperature, we're looking at about 55, or excuse me, not 55. Um, yeah, about 55 degrees is what we're, is ideal. And not everyone has one of the, a wine refrigerator or anything, but mm -hmm. if you can find a place in your, your house, which I always like to say the, the closet uh, in your master bedroom on the floor is probably the coolest place in your house. Never in the, re never in the kitchen. That's your mm. hottest place in your, in your house. So. And not about the fridge. Not so, about the fridge, not in those wine racks. I remember that, that last time in. you're like, get, stop the wine rack on top of the fridge. Don't have the wine rack next to the stove. Right, 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 right. Get rid of those. Use them for something else. But um, find a place in your house. If you have a basement, like if you're in the Midwest or back east, you have basements. So oh, they're cool. That's the cool, dark wonderful place. Wonderful place. But yeah. the other issue about that um, is humidity is also mm -hmm. something you don't want to have a lot of. So um, reducing the amount of humidity is very all very important too if you're going to age wine for very long. Um, both of those Most will people with basements it. have a humidifier thingy down Correct. there. You empty it or drain it. I do a lot of that as we travel the country. <laughs> so you yeah. know, as we pets it, you know, it's it's a thing we do. But but it's interesting because you can tell like what happens in basements. If you're not watching what's going on, it can heat up. If you're doing your laundry right. in the basement, that whole concept of cool dark place went out the window if you're right. doing laundry so right. there is a there is so in the in your bedroom in the closet that's now would you keep it upright in the box or put it on its side no i would definitely put it on the side because you you definitely want to store your wine on its side um, because particularly if it has a cork because you want to have um keep that cork a, a little wet um, so it does not dry out. So the humidity oh. also will, and the heat will also impact the quality of the cork. And then you're going to get some seepage possibly um, through that cork. And you don't want wine seeping out of okay. your bottle and also, or air getting into your bottle because that will also destroy it. So um, heat, the, the stability of the humidity, um, lay it on its side. You know, if you go to the, um, buy wine and maybe you don't buy a whole case, but you buy a variety of different wines. Use that box though, have them put it in one yeah. of the um, wine boxes and then set that on its side. It's a great way to keep it dark. So uh, light is also, uh, will impact your ageability of your wine. And um, that box will hold it on its side. And mm. yeah, it's a good way and put it in the closet on the floor. And wow. 
that's a good that's a good master bedroom closet man and don't do it in your guest room because you never know about your guests it'll disappear <laughs> right yes. one other one other thing to think about is vibration is i mean hmm. um so for example we built our wine cellar in our previous house under the stairway um going to the second or you know going to our like lower level and usually I would say, don't ever do that because you got kids running up and down on those stairs and the vibration. So we actually put insulation and uh, in in the ceiling of the wine cellar underneath the, the stairwell to reduce the amount of vibration. So if your house is located near a railroad track or, you know, it gets, oh, wow. uh, has that level of vibration, that could impact your your uh, cellar, wine cellar, or or impact your wines that you're trying. Especially to if it's continuous, like one time you can have an earthquake or something, or right, know, tremor. that can affect it. But the, is this because it's moving the molecules in the wine? So the wine's yeah, it, like and shaking the sediment, up. sediment that might be in the wine. It's it's just so it doesn't want to move. You don't want to move it. No, you don't want to move it. You want it. You want oh. to just lay it down and leave it alone. Until let it be you're ready lazy. To drink. You let it be okay. lazy. So this is it. So your wine, when you buy it from the winery, this is now your baby. It is your pet. You do not leave it in right. the car as such. Yeah. You treat it. You don't. But it is a lazy pet that doesn't need food or water. No. Yep. It just wants. It's the easiest pet, and you can drink it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but treat it like your loved one. Yes. So you know, most wine is made to drink right away. You know, mm -hmm. so, um, I mean, our wines, and I'll tell you a little bit about why, but our wines are ageable. And, and so when you're thinking about what, if your wine is ageable, if it, if here's a quick, quick and easy rule of thumb, if yeah. it's under 20 bucks, drink it now, you know, maybe oh. you can drink it next week, maybe in two weeks, maybe a month from now, but not much longer than that. You probably need to drink oh. that wine. It's it's a very young wine. If your wine is over maybe $50, $60 and it's a red wine, it probably is ageable. Now, a lot of things come into play is how that wine was made to determine ageability. But um you know, that's when you when you purchase that wine, that more expensive bottle of wine, hopefully you talk to someone and, and ask them about that. That's um, what's hard about grocery stores and wine. You know what uh, I mean? Unless you already know. And sometimes you can find really good wines. Right. Sometimes they have local wine sections and, you know, things like some stores are good. So yeah. and I'm not knocking them, but sometimes like be careful, like, you know, it, and then they the label will say it's like 2018. Right. And then now I'm thinking, if Peggy, if it's 15 bucks and it says 2018, maybe you don't want it. <laughs> yeah. No, just drink it. Have fun with it. You know? <laughs> I'm I'm always like, I'll just taste it. Yeah. yeah it's either yeah. good or it's not for me. So you know? other ways, um, other ways to think about your wine. So if if the wine has a nice uh, acidity level, you know, so it's because acidity in the wine, the higher the acidity, maybe the more ageability of that wine, because over time, the acidity will balance out a little bit more. So it um, that adds freshness and structure to the wine. Or if it's a high tannic wine, like our Petite Syrahs are very yeah. high tannic wines. 
tannins um, over time will mellow with age and the, um, the tannins are important and can help determine the ageability uh, mm. of the wine. So if you're buying an expensive Cabernet Sauvignon or a, um, a Petit Syrah or a Syrah, I mean, oh my gosh, mm. some wonderful Syrahs that are actually aged will really change in, in complexity and, and they're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah. uh, over time. Yeah, I think I may have to told you this, you know, when we were on a show before, but we were from the mountains in San Diego and Julian's an interesting wine area in, in, in Southern California mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. near Temecula and um, Jay Jenkins, he, he's passed since. Um, but we were doing a tasting there and with Linda Kassam, you know, Linda, uh -huh, uh -huh. and they found, recently found a barrel of his 2004-2005 Syrah. I can't remember if it was 2004, 2005. This was 2012. Um, okay. I remember because we had just started our tour, Love Your Park uh -huh. tour, and Linda was with us and she was teaching us some, this is not what you do with your wine. This is what you do with our wine. It was a good lesson. And the, the girl's like, hey, he found this wine and he never liked it. And so we just forgot about it. Oh my God, that's, you know, I'm like, I'll oh, do yeah. anything for a good Syrah. Like, that's my thing. This wine was incredible. And then she had one that she had, had opened the maybe that morning or the day before. It was night and day difference in taste. But that wine, I mean, that's a long time to age and just sit in the barrel. No one touched it. Everybody, he's like, I don't care about it. He was a scientist. And so he wow. went from science to winemaking and yeah. a farmer, right? So that's right. kind of a good combo. Yes, um, it is. But that wine was, that blew me away. So oh, yeah. for you guys as winemakers, the longer it's like, how do you know when to say, okay, we're bottling it when you're aging it? Like, does it make a difference if it, the size barrel or like what? I mean, because I've heard about people that do twirly things in the barrel and move the wine around with paddles and stuff. And like, what's going on for the aging? Like, what, what, <laughs> what was that? They, they told us about it while we were sipping wine. Really? So okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they get in there with paddles once they first do it. Oh, yes. Paddle it. And they're paddling. It's the women were doing okay. this. There was an old school way of doing stuff, non-machinery. Wow. Uh, Resurrection Winery. That's okay. the name. Yeah, this is out okay. in Colorado. And the mom and daughter get out there and they start paddling the wine. And with these big, like they're swirling the wine. And they do wow. it like as a some kind of system. I think it's at the very beginning. I was going to um, say during fermentation, maybe. I think so. That makes yes. sense. There's sure. Like a window sure. of time they had to do it in sure yes yeah. during fermentation we call it punching down because you're mixing yes, the it. wine yes that's yes it. yes yes and okay. that is a that is a common um step in the uh in the fermentation process because uh, a cap of um is created on the top of all that juice and you need to punch it down. You need to, so okay. that the other juice is able to flow and mix the it all in. Yep, yep, yep. So yes, exactly. So it's called um, punching down. We That's do right. that three times a day while during the fermentation process. So every one of the, the fermentation bins, which are quite large, they are um, punched down three times a day. It's so heavy it's, work from what I could see. Oh yeah. No need to go to the gym. It's a lot. It's heavy work. It's really get your arms and back and everything else. Um, and going, it's just but. funny because they, they were very persistent that they did it as women. 
Oh, how funny. Up. Oh, yeah, they gosh. were just, it was like in, a, in a good way. But so when, once you go through the fermentation, then there's the aging portion. How do you know when? I mean, right. you, you get to do a lot of tasting. Obviously. Well, it, it, it all depends on the winemaker style. Uh, you know, if you're aging in barrels, they're going to age longer. Um, we, as you know, we age our wines a long time, uh, uh, up to three years in the barrel. Uh, and um, and then we bottle age almost another year. So like I, we're just now releasing our 2018s, which um, people are now releasing 2020s and 2021s, but wow. um, it's just our philosophy and our wine and, and those wines are ageable even further, you know? So once you take them home, you can continue to age them and see how they evolve. So you're time. part of the process. It's kind of right. part of being the so not drinking them right away is part of that co-creative process of patience. Wine and yeah. patience go hand in hand. Oh, oh yeah. wow. We were wow. watching a movie the other night, sitting on the couch, and I get this call from a um, customer who opened up a bottle of 24, I want to say 2012, one of our 2012 petites wow. rose. And he goes, I just had to call you. It's like 10 o'clock at night or 930 at night. He goes, I this just had good, to. This is a good call though. <laughs> yeah. He said, I just had to call you because I'm sitting out on my patio. I'm drinking this wine and it is absolutely phenomenal. It is tasting even better than I remembered. He goes, I'm so excited. I have a few more bottles still in my cellar. So I'm, I'm excited to tell you about it. So, so when people take notes, it's like, here's my original tasting. And then they go back to their notes to see how right. it changed. Right. This is oh fun. my gosh. Yes. If you can, if you find a wine you like that could be ageable, uh, get a case, invest in a case of it. And then, you know, mark that case and say, I'm going to try this in six months. I'm going to try a bottle in a, a year from now. I'm going to try it in two years. And you'll see the magic of fine wine and how that changes over time. It's pretty exciting. You know, uh, but most people think you can only age red wines or you can only age dry red wines. That's not true. Um, you know, some okay. of the some of the longest lived wines in terms of aging tend to be sweet wines. So they have okay. a, a higher sugar content. So wines like a French Sauterne or um, a German Riesling can be aged for a, quite a long time. Or um, Chenin Blanc primarily a Chenin Blanc, not so much because it's a sweet wine, but because it's higher in acidity. So oh, it wow. is very ageability for a white wine. So not all white wines, you know, you can do that with, but there are, there are some sparkling wine. Um, you can have a sparkling wine that can age for 50, 60 or more years. It may lose its bubbles over time, but what changes is the flavor of the wine. It typically becomes more nuttier, like a nuttier taste and creamier mm -hmm. as the champagne or the sparkling wine really ages. So. so when you do that, do you have to turn it or is that more of when they're making it? That's when they're making it because okay. of the sugar in the, the wine um, mm. and they have to, the, to riddle that. I think we talked about. Oh, riddling that's right. Yeah. At riddling. One time. Yep. That's one yep. of the terms. Okay. Wait, you have must as the term. I was like, okay, yeah. we're talking about must. Okay. Must. 
when we when we harvest our our grapes, we bring them onto the what we call the crush pad or the, our outside patio area that we that we then destem the grapes and it goes through a machine that destems it. And then what's left, like the skins, the seeds, the juice, uh, all of that looks like a mush, basically. Mm -hmm. It's called must, M-U-S-T. And it's oh. uh, after the Latin word, vino mustum, mustum, M-U-S-T-U-M. And that means young wine. So it's really the first very first step in making red wine. Um, oh, so it's got so, nothing to do with the musty smell. No, nothing to do no with musty, it. No musty, no musky. No, it's just, it's the very first step. And so that must then goes into what we use as our fermentation um, tanks and gets inoculated and begins the fermentation process from there. So um, yeah, must hmm. is an interesting word. I've never knew that at all. You got me on that one. Big time. <laughs> good one. Good one. I love it. So, okay. We've, we're learning about aging. Okay. So we've learned about must, but it is summer and you've got a super cool, and I mean, cool recipe to share with people. Uh, everyone it's, it's uh, jicama tacos, right? Uh, right. Shrimp tacos. And the link will be in the show notes. So you can link to that and, and check it out. So tell us about this because jicama, that's very Southwestern. A lot of us, right. you know, you know, use that. Um, I love, it's like a potato apple to me. Yeah, it is very much so. And, um, you know, I think I, I talked last month about grilling and, and barbecue and, and so on, but not in summertime when it's hot, you don't always want to turn on the stove or light a grill. You want something fresh and, and quick and mm -hmm. not have to cook. So this is the perfect recipe for you. But jicama, which usually is, you know, around kind of, um, is it a, it's a vegetable, right? Round it's, a veg vegetable. it's like a, well, it's like a root vegetable. Yeah, root it's vegetable, brown. Right? You'll find it in the stores. I get them from Melissa's. I always get theirs because I do because they're good. Um, unless you have a local grower, I just yes. they 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 tend to keep their juices and not get over watery. Do you know what I mean? Right. You can get jicamas that aren't grown well, and then there's ones that just you can still yeah. Right. Oh, I'm hungry. I oh. And for those <laughs> who may not know, what the heck is she saying? Jicama is spelled J-I-C-M-A, jicama. But it, uh, you need to take the skin off the jicama because it does have a skin like a potato skin or whatever. And then what I use is a mandolin mm. to um, slice the jicama uh, really thinly because you, you're making tacos. So, or, or mm. a, a, a taco-like um, um wrapper. So I use a, 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 a mandolin on a very small amount. And then you want to get the like a round um, size. So I think the recipe calls for a one and a half to two pound jicama um, might be a good. Might want to get two to get this started too, because I can see. It's tricky. I, yeah. To get these, the way you want is to bend and not break and you're going right. to have to do it right. But right. it's cool because you can still use it as I use them in coleslaw. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. They're so to awesome. me, whatever mistake would end up being chopped up finely and put into coleslaw. 
Yep, it's awesome. And then I also, I, while I'm doing them, I put them in water just uh, to let them oh. uh, stay pliable while I'm cutting them all up and then preparing the rest of it. And it's very simple. This recipe, you can buy already um, uh, cooked shrimp if you want shrimp. Um, and then uh, I like to marinate it in some Tabasco, the green Tabasco. Oh, here she goes. Uh, she fun. likes her hot stuff. Maybe I do hot like stuff. my hot stuff. Yep. And let it marinate uh, for about 30 minutes while you're making, you know, make your salsa. Of course, you know, you can buy your salsa and doctor it up after you bought it. Or I have a great little recipe for making your own salsa and make it as spicy as you want and save the fresh lime until you're ready to serve it, to, 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 to put it on top. And then I also like to make a little salad of avocado and some mixed lettuce, or you can do a coleslaw, not a mayonnaise coleslaw, but a little coleslaw. No, no that that you might put on it or beans like we talked about mm -hmm. um, black beans Chili? would be wonderful like oh uh, black beans mm. yeah so you take your jicama and you put whatever you want like your black beans or uh, in this case I put the salad on the bottom top it with my um, shrimp and then top it with my salsa and spritz some lime on it and pour some um, viognier or sauvignon blanc and sit on the patio it's wonderful oh my gosh and you use a nice toothpick to hold them together that's yes. important too yeah exactly i mean this is like a basis of something that you could do i was wondering because i know nancy and i don't eat seafood and fish because we're allergic to it right. but um i was watching a surfer dude you see i get two in the morning what is lisa doing i'm watching <laughs> like instagram reels and some surfer dude and i was like well no he was cute and he and he was making um ceviche but i thought what he was doing because he's like i know it's hot I don't want to, you know, cook. So, yeah. and he, and it was interesting what he was doing. And I was just thinking your recipe, you could take a, you could ceviche and put it inside Perfect. the jicama nicely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get that fish, let it cook in the lime and put the lime in the coconut. Yeah. Or do it with mushrooms, like a variety of cool. uh, different mushrooms. And yeah, you mm. can make it a vegetarian dish. It's just, it's just oh, easy. Yeah. Nice um, and cooling. Jicama yeah. is a very cooling it is cooling vegetable and like for me coleslaw i i don't do the mayonnaise that's no. not my thing on it and i do more of a vinaigrette or like a balsamic something yep. you can put berries you can put you can do pineapple goes really well i was thinking that right. too when you were talking about the salsa little yeah i'm hungry now i know you always right? do this to me you make yeah. me hungry and thirsty yeah. i can like now i want to go buy some jicama like seriously but uh, it's healthy I it's very right? healthy. Yeah. So the healthier healthy. the food is, the more you can drink of the wine. That's <laughs> my mentality, right? There That's you the way go. to go. There you I go. love it. Always fun having you on the show, Peggy. Uh, Peggy is here every first Wednesday. It's wine time with Peggy. Who can't forget that? I mean, you know, it's good times. Go to ldvwinery.com. Again, that is in the show notes. Uh, so no matter if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify, however you're getting our podcasts, and thank you for listening. Um, all the links are there for the recipes and also the notes on storing. So everything is there. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. And Happy summer, everyone. Thank you.